TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Told me yesterday uh, if he had won the lottery, he would not be on today's show. So I'm going to assume the uh, Power Bowls did not come up all correctly for the big dog, Joel Radwanski, who joins me on no, the, the two blue guys. Ones did. What's that? The blue ones did, coach. The blue ones. <laughs> Thank you very much for that uh, insight, big dog, and uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow, guys. <laughs> Oh, there's the big dog and a coach. Two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com. Big dog, it's your internet sources where people can be on their computer and be entertained at the same time. I hope I'm not uh, stepping out too much to say that, but we are. Your 24-7 TalkZone.com internet sports talk source. Yeah, I know there's one person who listens to us on a loop, coach. Really? I got to talk to him a little bit and found out it's actually Chinese torture. He's uh-huh. in a Shanghai prison right now. <laughs> I always knew we were used for community service. We've mentioned that in the past. I didn't know we were up to torture now. Yeah, believe it or not, Coach, it's torture. And uh, and for me, it's going to be torture doing this show because I am now avoiding traffic as we speak. Now, we've talked to you before when you've been walking, you've been uh, running through Humboldt Park, you've been bicycling through the streets of Chicago. What mode of transportation are you on now as you co-host the show? Well, I'm on foot, Coach. Foot. Yes, and, I, and I'm on run from the, the shy PD, as it's known. <laughs> well, my sympathies to you and yours. Oh, well, don't, I'll get away. Don't worry. I certainly hope so. I'm fleet of foot. Certainly hope so. But, uh, well, we appreciate it. I know you're uh, up, up against some difficulties at this point, Big Dog, but uh, thanks for checking in, co-hosting the show here. We much appreciate that. Don't forget our... Phone number if you want to uh, call in, give the big dog a hard time. God forbid, actually talk some sports or some sports uh, analysis. Don't forget, we call you our football analyst, not our analyst. 888-463-6748 is the phone number, big dog. You didn't win the lottery. That's a disappointment, but you have to be excited about the big the uh, GoDaddy.com bowl tonight. Miami of Ohio against Middle Tennessee State. Oh, it's the GoDaddy.com bowl. I, I thought you had a DVR already. I would, I would assume that was first and foremost in your sporting thought. I, to be quite honest with you, I didn't know that that was the name of this particular yes, bowl game. I believe that yeah, would be correct. I, I, I wouldn't miss this for the world. The Middle, the Middle Tennessee State uniforms are they're very nice. Coach. They're, <laughs> they're a light blue, a sky blue even. Uh-huh. So yeah. it, it's a very good game. Now, did Texas A&M and LSU play last night? I believe that's still coming up. Producer extraordinaire okay. David O. I don't have my sports page today because... I get the Tribune home delivered, and by hopefully by mistake, I hope this is not a trend, I got the, what do they call it, the portable version, the, where it's all one section, or it looks like the Sun-Times. So, gotcha. you know, so I could not take the sports page away from the uh, the wife and the family reading, so I am without sports page in front of me. But LSU, Texas A&M tomorrow, right, Dave? 
Oh, very good, very yeah. good. That's that's going to be one heck of a ball game, Coach. Mm-hmm. It's it's not because the teams are evenly matched. LSU is much superior, but LSU always plays to their level of competition, whether it's above or below. So expect a last-second finish in that game, Coach. Yeah, and uh, Joe the Duke Crispito also called off-air and said the Texas A&M, if you look at the trends, Texas A&M in the last 20 years when they've been a January underdog, in a bowl game, temperatures below 25 degrees, they're 7-3, and three, Big Doe, so go figure. Yeah, the last time it happened, it was 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. But these kids, they, they heard about his, you know, historically it's embedded in them that they, they're supposed to win this game. Uh-huh. All right. The GoDaddy.com bowl. I don't know how many people will be watching. Uh, tomorrow, I think, also is the YoMama.com bowl. Not sure who's playing in that one, but so hopefully someday the YoMama.com bowl and the GoDaddy.com bowl can merge together, and maybe we can all live happily ever after. Yeah, by the way, that the, that that bowl sounds much better when you say it in Italian. Yo, Mama bowl. <laughs> oh, you know, you mentioned China in the uh, opening of the show. I saw a political cartoon today, and it was Uncle Sam sitting in a chair. Uh huh. And he was at a fortune teller's, and the lady fortune teller's on the other end with her hand above the ball, and Uncle Sam asks, what do you see for my future? And the lady fortune teller says, I don't know, because it's written in Chinese. You know, Coach, I don't find that funny, but I do find it uh, <laughs> horrifyingly poignant. true. I believe the word you're looking for is poignant. Yeah, I, I'm I am extremely worried about uh, the, the future of this country and us yes. having to speak Chinese, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Como? I, I have no problem with uh, Chinese people. As a matter of fact, I no. have many friends and exes that are Chinese, but I, yes. I particularly don't want ever the whole country speaking Chinese five years from now. No, and, and to have our country uh, in debt or indebted in uh, a number of ways to the fine uh, Chinese folks. Now, I would not look forward to our financial future being depicted through uh, that fine country. Well, I, I really don't blame, uh, you know, the, the Chinese government for being upset at us, considering when, uh, when uh, George Bush was uh, in office, he paid off a debt to the Chinese government, and he played it in he paid it in tungsten silver that was plated in gold, and it was supposed to be gold, and basically it was worth about one third of what it was supposed to. So ever since then, China has been trying to destroy mm-hmm. our economy, yeah. and they've been doing a pretty good job of doing it. So if anybody has, uh, you know, and if you don't think if you think I'm lying about that, people need to look that up. It's funny how the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it, media has downplayed that, and the Western media has downplayed that like like it never happened, but. Everybody in the eastern part of the world knows it happened, and ever since then, China's been playing a, an economic uh, war with the United States, and they're intent on winning, Coach. And if it means that uh, 100 million Chinese people have to die, they're willing to do it, and I'm not kidding. People need to look that stuff up, Coach. You always think I'm a conspiracy theorist and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. there's a reason why the Chinese government is so uh, gung-ho, and I, and I mean that uh, that pun literally, about <laughs> destroying us. Yeah. That's strong. I don't know if I'm going to go quite that far. You never know when sports guys talk politics is going to break out. People tuning in for a lighthearted sports show, but the sports guys talk politics sometimes planned, sometimes not, but you never know when it's going to break out. Like uh, acne and a teenager, big dog. It's unexplainable, but it breaks out. We usually put some lotion on it and it goes away, but uh, that's some strong stuff coming from you. I thought, by the way, speaking of strong stuff and sticking on the topic, and I mentioned, I meant to bring this up with uh, David Olson, our producer, another sports guys talk politics guy. I thought one of the most poignant, one of the most dramatic pictures of the year 2010, and it, it was in December, I believe. 
Uh-huh. Maybe late November when they gave out the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't think we talked about this on this uh, fine sports talk show. And one of the winners, Big Dog, there was an empty chair. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I have not there, seen that. There literally was a chair there to accept the Nobel Peace Prize because it went oh, yeah, to one of the yeah. Chinese dissidents who had, yeah. I forget his name, Dave, but who had spoken out. Spoken out against the uh, the Chinese government and, and the dictatorial relationship they have with the people, and he had been imprisoned. Young kid, I think, very intelligent, very charismatic guy, but he had been, been imprisoned a couple times. And they actually, uh, God bless the Nobel Peace Prize people, because they didn't buy into the uh, you know the rhetoric. They gave it to someone that was truly, truly deserving. They gave it to this kid. He was imprisoned, and they actually put a chair out there to accept the award with nobody sitting in it. I thought one of the most powerful pictures of the year 2010. Uh, you, you know, that guy is also involved in WikiLeaks, too. And I think his name is like Q Jing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Q-I-E-X-I, like X-I-N-G, something like that, yeah. Coach. I, I know what you're talking about. I've got about. his name, but I've got to figure picture. out how to pronounce I think it. He, I think he changed it to Ocho Cinco while he was in prison, though. <laughs> Just to, at least this guy's a team player. Yeah, okay. yeah. But what a cool, what a great job of the Nobel Peace. I don't know who votes on that thing. Maybe it's the same people that vote on the Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't know. It could be the same people. But to give him that award, I thought was outstanding. And then uh, to rub it in the Chinese government's face by having a just a chair there to accept the award, I thought was power, powerful in its silence. Yeah, Dave. Dave's got the name now. Now, I'm usually the one to mispronounce everything. Go ahead, David. Join the crowd. Liao Xiaobo. Hey, keep it clean. This is a I family show. I think that's show. how it's pronounced. Liao Xiaobo. I think you just called one of Joel's ex-relatives. Uh, I think you just called him a racial name. Yeah, that sounded like an, an ex-in-law. <laughs> then I might have been thinking of the Q person as his wife, because his wife is now like on the run, but mm-hmm. trying to spread his message throughout uh, China and mm-hmm. to the Western world. So, Yep. All right. So, little sports guys talk politics. Anybody wants to jump in, join us. Feel free to disagree. Feel free to agree. Feel free to tell us we're uh, completely off our rocker. Most people usually do. 888-463-6748. Big Dog, whatever your cell phone is, whatever area you're in, the message is coming in loud and clear. You sound good for a change. I, I, are you serious? Very serious. Oh, okay. That, that's uh, yeah. That's rather disappointing considering uh-huh. that. I'm, I'm in a, like a very high traffic area right now, and I'm just trying to avoid not getting hit by a truck. All right. Maybe it's, you know, maybe I got my earwax removed yesterday or something, but it just sounds better. David, is it a good good signal? We're, we're hearing the big dog a little crisp today. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Very good. So be careful what you say, big dog. Usually it's mumbled and jumbled. Some of your controversial comments are not heard by our listeners. Today you can actually be heard, so be careful what you're saying. I shall, Coach. <laughs> All right, college football. By the way, we got to remind people there's still a championship game coming up. Monday, are you starting to get excited, or is it, like, too late? But we still got Auburn and Oregon to be played, my friend. Hey, Coach, you know how it is. I can tell you exactly where I was at every single uh, championship game in NCAA history. Of course I'm excited for it. And um, the only thing that a little upsets me about it is the fact that there's no I-formation team here, so I can post my chest and be like, look, power football wins. But, yeah, it's going to be two spread offenses. Uh, you know, teams that spread it around and and try to get it done by offense and not great defense. So a little bit different, a little bit different. But I will tell you this, the, 
the Auburn defense and the, the Oregon defense statistically look average because they're both like in the mid fifties mm-hmm. nationally. But the, the truth of the matter is, this coach is their offenses score so fast. That's why their defenses look average statistically. They're still pretty good defenses on both sides of the ball. Interesting comment from emailer Wacko Wild and Wacko rather. I don't know if this is a scenario that could happen or not. Is there a scenario where, let's say both teams, I know it's the BCS National Championship game. Let's say both teams play pretty flat. It's a lower scoring game than you think. There's some mistakes out there. They just, you know, it's a long layoff. They play very, very weak. And can the game end out in a tie? No, it's impossible. Impossible. There's something called overtime coach. I understand that, but if you go double or triple overtime, there's no scenario. No, you, okay. you, you don't remember Arkansas playing Kentucky uh, about 10 years ago no. when, it, when, in, when the score was uh, 88 to 86? I can't remember Kentucky's last game this year, let alone 10 years ago. Okay, well, they, it, there's no such thing as a tie coach. It's All impossible. Right. There hasn't right. been a tie since 1992. Okay. In football. All right, so let's say a team pulls it out, but, you know, again, mistake-laden. Very flat performance from both teams. They finally win it, like on a cheap field goal. Any scenario where the voters, the coaches, the press, whoever does the final vote, could name Texas Christian or Stanford number one in the country? There have been split national championships in uh, since the BCS era. There's only been one, and that was uh, after the 03 season. That's when LSU put a thumping on Oklahoma, 21 to 14 in the Sugar Bowl, but. The coaches, all the coaches except for the USC and a couple Pac-10 coaches, all voted for LSU to be the champion. Mm-hmm. But the media voted for USC to be the champion after they put an actual, I mean, just an actual drubbing on Michigan, 28-14. to 14. It sounds like a close game, folks, but it wasn't. I mean, USC dominated dominated Michigan that day. So there was a split national champion that, game, that year. This year, I, I don't see it happening. I see the press. Voting, I see, I see, I see, ninety-five percent of the press voting for the winner of that game. Right now, no matter what the outcome is, even if one of those teams dominates, mm-hmm. and I see oh, no less than eighty percent voting for the winner of that game if it's an ugly win, coach. And and you know that the the you can be fined if you're a coach and lose your vote if you do not vote for the winner of the BCS title game. So if you're the TCU head coach, Gary Patterson, and you have a vote, I don't know if he does, Coach. There's uh, there's 64 coaches right now with votes, I do believe. I'm pretty sure the number is 64. If, you, if he votes for TCU instead of Oregon or Auburn after the the finals, he, he definitely will be fined an undisclosed amount of money. And supposedly it's like $10,000. And he has extremely high risk of losing his vote for next year in terms of BCS. Which poll are we talking about now? There's the BCS the... poll, the, 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 the coaches okay. poll, the AP poll. Okay. The UPI poll, which is the, the United Press International, uh-huh. is, uh, you know, those guys don't get fined. They can't lose their vote, so they can vote for anybody. Okay. So there's, But still, the, the, the way they determine national champions up now is who wins the BCS title game. Mm-hmm. So teams, and, and oh, I forget, in Auburn, there wasn't a split national title in 04. There wasn't a split one. But some coaches, including uh, Tommy Tuberville, voted for Auburn after they went undefeated, but won in the national title game because USC had just destroyed Oklahoma, fifty-five to twenty-one in the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now uh, Virginia Tech gave Auburn a really good game in the Sugar Bowl, 
Uh, Auburn won 16-13. to 13. Now, T- Tommy Tupperville voted for the Tigers himself, and I don't blame him. And he was like, they told him, you were told to vote for this team. And he's like, I think our team's the best team in the country. We deserve to win the national title. We should have been playing USC in the Orange Bowl. And they uh, they find him and stripped him of his vote that year. Mm-hmm. But good so, good for I mean, Tommy that, Tupperville for standing up for what he thinks is right. And Gary his Patterson should vote for TCU, yep. whether or not Oregon. If 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 Auburn wins that game a hundred to nothing, TCU should vote. Gary Patterson should vote himself uh, for the national title. Not coach. sure I'd agree with that. Oh no, no, coach. The, something needs to be done. I I don't like the fact that just because you're from a smaller conference, people just assume you're not as good. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like people look at me and they think, oh, you can't run because you're a white dude. No, actually, I'm pretty fast. Okay. Oh, well, you're a black dude. You can't think. I mean, I'm, I'm sick of people just stereotyping. Just because you're from a small school doesn't mean that you can't play with the Auburns and the Oregons of the world. A rather extensive and uh, in-depth answer to Wild and Wacko's email. Wild and Wacko just texted in, Joel, and he said thanks for the answer. But you could have just said yes or no. <laughs> Did he even spell Wacko right? Uh, no. <laughs> no, he did, he did not. 888-463-6748. The phone number, college football continues on. Some would say ad nauseum, maybe the next couple of games, but we do got a Monday national championship game tomorrow. We'll talk more about that. Big Dog, I know you're a huge baseball fan. It's about 10 below zero out here in Chicago. We got to talk a little baseball. The Hall of Fame voting was yesterday. Your thoughts, two guys get in and a bunch did not make it. Your uh, analysis. Uh, I'm I'm definitely appreciative of everybody who did not make it because, to be honest with you, I don't think they missed anybody that deserved to go in, at least on this ballot. Uh, Barry Larkin definitely, in my opinion, deserves to be a Hall of Famer, but, you know, he can wait another year or two. I'm glad Bert Blylevin made it in because I know a lot of people are saying, you know, he's only 37 games above 500. He pitched for last place teams for half of his career. Yep. I mean, the guy was one heck of a pitcher, 287 wins – Fifth all-time in strikeouts, ninth all-time in shutouts, won 287 games for a Twins team that was a perennial last-place team. I mean, people arguing that he didn't belong in. You know what? Him getting in in the 14th year is right. It's right. and That's exactly when he should have got in. He should have had to wait a long time, but eventually get in. Never won, never won a Cy Young. There's not many pitchers in the hall, but I agree with you. He is deserved and I still, uh, in the years of watching baseball, you know, now they got all kinds of names for it. They know the knuckle curve, the splitter, you know, the, the, this and that. He had what I would call just the pure curveball, big dog. Good old-fashioned curveball was pure, and it was deadly. Loved watching him pitch. Oh, the uh, nasty curveball. He's got yep. one of the best uh, curveballs of all time. Yes. And, and by the way, he is hilarious as the color analyst for the Minnesota Twins game. And uh, basically his comment was, uh, he's like, this was the year I was supposed to go in. I'm not complaining. Uh, I w- I'm going in in 2011. My name is Bert Blylevin. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that sums up. And then going to Robbie Alomar, quite honestly, Coach, he's one of the best second basemen ever. And yeah, I did say that, folks. He's one of the best second basemen of all time. Uh, 300 career batting average, 2,700 hits. 464 stolen bases, uh, about uh, about 210 home runs, like right right in that era, area, coach. Uh, 12-time Gold Glover, 10-time All-Star, uh, only one time spit in the face of an umpire. He deserved <laughs> he deserved to go uh, in his second year. I don't uh-huh. think he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, 
And, and you know, I, I, some people get all upset about, well, you if you're in or you're not. No, I think there's something to be said about what year you go in. It's kind of like the level of your enshrinement. Mm-hmm. I really do believe in that. So if other people get upset, I'm sorry. I'm a big believer. I think the second year for Roberto Alomar puts him exactly where he belongs as a Hall of Fame level coach. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I agree. Definitely not a first ballot guy. Um, actually, I don't agree with you. I'm not quite as sold and as strong on Robbie Alomar. I've got, kind of got my cerebral side and then my emotional side. The cerebral side, here's the stats that you just mentioned, and say absolutely. He is a Hall of Famer. My emotional side, which I tend to favor over the cerebral side. My cerebral side's always been the weaker sister. Um, when I watched him play, Big Dog, over the years, he was never, to me, the sign of a Hall of Famer, a dominant what? player. One of, he just, he, I don't remember Robbie Alomar ever as being a, a wow player. Are you, are you crazy? Is it probably because he spent his best years winning world championships on the Toronto Blue Jays as their best player? He was the part of the Cleveland Indians' best defensive uh, up-the-middle tandem in the history of the game of baseball. Him and Omar Mescal are the best defensive tandem up-the-middle in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to totally disagree right. with you on that. The guy, is uh, without question, belongs in the Hall of Fame. But when he was playing, did you appreciate the talent? Did he, did he wow what? you? Was he that dominant yeah. of a player? Yeah, because, Coach, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't get all impressed by the long ball. And in the era where... People like Sammy Sosa strike out 185 times, you know, hit 55 home runs, uh, commit 10 mm-hmm. errors, and uh, and commit 50 throwing errors, and don't hustle. And everybody talks about he's the best player in baseball. Okay. I'll take the guy that hit 310, moved runners up, was unbelievable on the base pass, was the best second baseman in range, best second baseman in turn and double plays, and just basically the best clutch player okay. in the American League for years. And if you think about it, if the Cleveland Indians actually had a number one starting pitcher, they would have won a world championship while he was there. So he could have won world championships with two different teams. And if Jose Mesa can get out Edgar Renteria, he wins one over in Cleveland, and people are being like, wow, he goes from Toronto right to Cleveland and turns him into a world champion. Stop being so wishy-washy, will you, and have an opinion. And don't forget, (laughs) when was the last time the Baltimore Orioles went to the playoffs, Coach? 19... I mean, I still remember, you know, I have a soft place in my heart because of the dominant team of the Baltimore Orioles when I was a kid back in the late 1960s, early 70s, the Boog Powell era, if you will. But the last, I'm going to guess 1999. Uh, uh, no, they, they were horrible by then because Robbie Alomar had left. It okay. was 1996 and Robbie Alomar was their second baseman. Mm-hmm. Okay, everywhere they go, right. guy goes, they win. All Except right. late in his career. You have you know, convinced like, when me. He was, when he was playing with... Uh, well, when he was playing with the Mets, White Sox, and Diamondbacks, hopefully that's not how you remember him because it was a guy for the last couple of years of his of his career that was kind of hanging on and was doing it by all guts and guile. So uh, during the first ten years of his career, the guy hit three thirty with with eighteen homers and and forty doubles and twenty tri- and fifteen triples right. and fifty bases. Every Enough season. already. The president of the Robbie Alomar, the Roberto Alomar fan club, Horatio Jackson, joining us here on the two guys uh, in a mic show. Now I'm convinced my you know studies will show that my emotional side defeats my cerebral side in arguments eighty four percent of the time. This is one of the sixteen percent where I'll go cerebral. I'll agree with you, big dog Robbie Alomar, a deserved member. So by the way, one of the listeners to our program, who I wish was listening today, Ryan Carter, 
said Robbie Alomar was the best second baseman he ever saw. And I got into a huge argument with him over that. It's funny because yesterday I was arguing against Robbie Alomar, but on this show I just wanted to convince you that yeah. he does belong in the Hall of Fame. Well, tell Chicago Ryan or whatever uh, community he's from, he never saw Kenny Hubbs play. Yeah, it's too bad to say that most of us never got to see yes. Kenny Hubbs play because of a, a tragic plane crash in Texas. Yep. Or, was it a, or was it a car accident, Coach, that killed Kenny Hubbs? I believe it was a plane accident. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. I know it was in Texas. I'm yep. almost positive of that. Yep. So. And if, if it wasn't Kenny Hubbs, uh, you got to throw Glenn Becker in the team picture as well. Uh, what about Eddie Collins, Coach? Never heard of him. What about a, <laughs> wasn't it uh, Nelly Fox, the second baseman with Louis Aparicio? Pretty good because, like, pretty, like yeah. the baseball historians, they say that Robbie Alomar and Omar Fiskel, they're the ones that passed up Fox and Aparicio as the mm-hmm. best defensive tandem up the yeah. middle in the history of the game. And, and I would agree with that, by the way. Omar Vizcay, I mean, Ozzie Smith was the most spectacular, but yeah, Omar Vizcay you know, might have been overall the best defensive player I've ever seen. You combine him with Alomar, again, uh, as much as I'd like to, I won't argue with you. Best defensive combo. I never saw Aparicio and Fox play. They were just before my time. Now, uh, just uh, two bad people don't remember the year that uh, Larry Bowen and Junior Kennedy were together turning double plays for the Chicago <laughs> By the way, emailer Joe, <laughs> emailer Joe Morgan just emailed in and said, what about him? Uh, Joe Morgan, without question, in my opinion, and I want to tell you this, Joe Morgan is uh, a DB. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, you can go look it up on Google when we're done. <laughs> Joe Morgan's the best second baseman I ever saw. Yep. The email, okay, the like email coming in says uh, he's the best second baseman that ever played the game, and it's signed Joe Morgan. <laughs> Go figure. But I would agree with you. Forget the attitude combination of uh, uh, hitting yeah. for average power, power, and uh, he wasn't a spectacular fielder, but a more than adequate fielder. I, I would say in my years of watching baseball, he was probably the best ever. Yeah, yeah. offensively, Joe Morgan's stats, you would think that he played in the steroid era. You know, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, he hit you – know, you know, he did the whole thing, the whole on-base percentage, hitting for power, stealing bases. A back-to-back MVP, the only second baseman to ever win back-to-back MVPs is Joe Morgan. So I'd have to give it to him begrudgingly, Coach. Steroids? Maybe, maybe not, because it was before the era. A trivia question for the big dog, and that's almost like asking for an automatic answer. Which Baltimore Orioles second baseman turned a mediocre hitting career into becoming one of the best home run hitting second basemen of all time? Um, now, Coach, it's funny that you said that because there's two possible answers. So I'm going to have to try to read your mind, and I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say Davy Johnson That's... is one you were thinking of, but if not, it's Bobby Gritch. Bobby Gritch. Remember, because oh, he... he hit nothing. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he started hitting 20 home runs a year late uh-huh. in his career. Okay. Which, which for a second baseman back in the late 70s, early 80s, was mm-hmm. like. That was incredible. Yeah, so. the, the, you're right. You did read my mind correctly. It was Davey Johnson. I was thinking of it. That was before the steroids. I don't know if it's ever come out. Of course, he went on to become a uh, pretty successful manager for many years in Major League Baseball. But is there any talk of Dave Johnson, who went from, like, if I remember correctly, 250 and 15 homers to 280, and he was hitting 30, 40 homers a season for about you, four or five years? You, you know, Coach, there there hasn't been. But, you know, if you look at Davey Johnson's body type from at the beginning of his career to when he all of a sudden turned it on, you know, it, it, there isn't a dramatic difference. You look like a, a guy that went from being 22 to a guy that went from being 28. You, you know, you get a little bit of your grown man's butt. Mm-hmm. Look at Ryan Sandberg. His, he hit seven home runs his rookie year, six home runs his 
second year, then he hits 19, then 26, and then 20. And then, he, you know, he was a perennial 20 to 25 home run guy, including uh, back-to-back years of 30 and then 40 when he led Major League yep. Baseball in home runs. So, you know, and Ryan Sandberg, when you looked at him when the year he retired to the year he came in, he put on 10 pounds. You know what I mean? So it's not sometimes you just it just clicks for a guy, you know, and then and then other times, you know, uh, uh, you know, a guy's a 250 hitter with uh, with 18 home runs, and all of a sudden he's hitting 285 with 40 home runs, and he put on 47 pounds, and his hat size went up uh, three quarters of a size, and he ha- he has to retire early because his joints don't work, and he dies at 50 because of liver failure. You yeah. know what I mean? So there mm-hmm. there is a difference. Davey Johnson's still around. All right. So all right, hey, big big deal. You're on your game today, man. You're flowing. Well, you're you're asking me college football right. and baseball, so th- I, right. please keep it on keep it on that. Anybody way, wants I, to uh, inquire, uh, you know, get them always hot. Big dog on a roll today. Go with the uh, roll with the punches here. Go with the hot hand. The big dog available at your service at eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You got any thoughts on the Hall of Fame voting from yesterday? That's our current topic. We do have Baltimore Barbara who emailed in Big Dog. Uh, by the way, our email... Send some crab cakes and not just the crabs this time, Barbara. Take it easy. Take it easy. Our email address Mike, two guys at AOL.com M-I-C and the number two. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. You're hot today, Big Dog. Don't press your luck. <laughs> Barb, uh, uh, Baltimore Barbara wants to know a two questions. A, yeah. who was the Baltimore shortstop who's similar to Davey Johnson in a later era uh, was a steroid connection, actually one of the first steroid connections when he started hitting a ton of home runs. And B, she wants to know if you uh, if you do date non-Asian women over 45 years old. Um, without question, especially if she was one of the Powerball winners from yesterday. <laughs> she was not. Oh, okay. No, I, I, right now I'm not really looking for a new girlfriend is okay. the best way for me to put right. it. I'm sure Bar- uh, Baltimore think- Barber is disappointed. She'll be less disappointed if you can answer trivia question number one. Um, now I have to read your mind again because <laughs> when he was his steroid connection started when he was at the Oakland A's, and I, I might not even pronounce his name right because his birth certificate has been uh, has been jimmied a little bit. Are you talking about Miguel Tejada Tejada? No, this guy was before Miguel, and in fact, he might be the first. He might be the first to really be connected with steroids with a dramatic increase in his home run totals. So you're uh, you're. Um... No, a Baltimore shortstop was was Cal Ripken for years, Coach. So you're talking about the guy before Cal Ripken? I'm pretty sure Manny he, Alexander, because Manny Alexander no, replaced Cal Ripken. No, no. no. Are you thinking of Brady Anderson? That's, that's who I'm thinking of. He was an outfielder. Brady yeah, Anderson was yeah. an outfielder? He was an outfielder. Yeah, but Cal Ripken played shortstop. Okay. And, I, and I don't yeah. think Brady Anderson got too many chances to play shortstop, considering he set the all-time consecutive game starting streak, Coach. Just kidding. Just, I'm not sure. just giving you a hard time. <laughs> All right, well, don't, don't give me a hard time. I'm just the conduit upon which Baltimore Barbara answers her, asks her question. But would yeah, you 19... agree with uh, Barbara as I would that um, Brady Anderson, he, he was like the first to have a dramatic increase in his home run totals. And you look back at it, he was certainly one of the early historians in the steroid era. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, there are definitely other and maybe people that were ahead of him as in having gigantic, uh, Increases, but his is ridiculous. In 1995, Brady Anderson hit 18 home runs. Look it up, folks. In 1996, he hit 50. Wow. <laughs> okay, so yes, you're exactly right, Coach. There might be other dramatic increases, but going from 18 to 50 is 
that was it was unbelievable at that time. And not only was it the dramatic increase in his uh, in his uh, numbers, he was a lot bigger from one year to the other. Another mm-hmm. guy was Brett Boone. Yep. I mean, Brett Boone went from you know five foot nine, uh, one hundred and seventy pounds to uh, five foot eight and a half because his muscles made him shrink a little bit uh, to two hundred and ten pounds. And you know, and all of a sudden he was hitting forty home runs a year. But you're right, Brady Anderson, the his nickname nine zero one two zero, the left fielder for the <laughs> Orioles. Yeah. Yes, with uh, coach he was. I don't even think there's a doubt he was. Uh, so. All right. How about uh, I've always been torn on this guy, Luis Gonzalez. Did he, or did uh, he? Only his hairdresser knows for sure. Okay, now quite honestly, Luis Gonzalez was a ridiculously hard worker. Yep. And Luis Gonzalez did not increase much in size. Well, but then again, there's there's he just a little bit, coach. Not like the dramatically like everybody it, else we've named. But then again, there's also steroids that work on your your fast twitch muscle fiber mm-hmm. that makes them uh, work quicker but doesn't increase the size of the actual muscle. Yeah, if, and if you look at Luis's body structure, too, it's long and thin. Yeah. And if you look at the pictures, he did, even through his thin frame, you're right, he didn't puff up with the neck like some of the other steroid guys, but he got a lot stronger very quickly. Yeah, and, you know, a good guy, class act. Yes. A fundamentally sound player. You know, it, it, would, it, it would be very, very sad if mm-hmm. he was the one, but let's face it. He went from a guy that hit yep. 285 with 18 home runs and catching the in the major leagues because he was a solid all-around ball player to all of a sudden he was hitting 330 with 25 home runs and then all of a sudden uh, 2001 he hits 57 and I know he was in the homer park of of Bank One ballpark at the time with the Arizona Diamondbacks but yeah you know coach mm-hmm. I, I hate to say it you can't give him the benefit of the doubt yeah i'm going to assume he did steroids because mm-hmm. a dramatic increase like that in this and and like you said he did get bigger and and we're talking about a guy who always worked hard and it wasn't like he had two or three years like sandberg did of of low home run numbers he had 8 to 10 years with the cubs and the astros and the tigers of low home run not low but like 18 home runs and all of a sudden he's hitting 50 i'm i'm going to have to say I hate to tell you, Luis Gonzalez, you're lumped in with the rest of them. Oh, and by the way, because of your usage, that lump that you got now, well, that's why you got it. What lump does he have now? I don't know if he actually has one. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Always, I thought maybe I, there was a the, – he has cancer or something. I was unaware. I, I will say Luis Gonzalez to me is a symbol. I don't know if he did or didn't, but one of the true – well, when I say tragedies, sports tragedies of the steroid era is that you do have guys – that are out there that, through hard work, just naturally increased their totals and finally figured out the game. You know, those great stories that we used to appreciate. And now, all those guys that did that, maybe Luis Gonzalez was one of them. They're all under suspicion. You probably say, oh, well, he probably did it on steroids. And there, you know, there are some legitimate stories of guys who, through hard work, finally broke through and became stars. And of course, their, their names and their stats are tainted. Big dog, one of the true shames of the steroid era. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know what, Coach? You're exactly right, and and I'm not even going to worry about it. It used to bother me a little bit, but it, you know it, it doesn't really bother me anymore for the simple fact that even if if Luis Gonzalez is somehow tainted and wrongfully tainted, he, he does have to admit the fact that he was able to sign uh, a, a seven-year, eighty-four million-dollar contract at one point in his life. So mm-hmm. I would I would be more than happy to have played uh, sixteen years in Major League Baseball, made over a hundred million dollars. 
and have pe- and win a world championship bring and have people question whether or not I did it right or not. Not me. I, I could live with it, coach. Not me. I've got morals. I wouldn't. I could yeah, not. I got him too. I got him too. And if I did it right, it wouldn't bother me that somebody else thought I did it wrong. If I knew in my heart I did it right, I'm not worried about it. Is what, is, that's my point. I'm more worried, concerned about what I actually did than what what other people actually think of me. The millions of dollars, big dog, to me would not be worth the questioning of my moral integrity. Oh, uh, but but you know you did. That again, maybe should it bother you? Huh? Why should it bother you? Because I've got moral integrity. You know, I had. Uh, At least I've I used to have. Friends accused me of cheating. Oh. You know what I mean, and I and it didn't bother me at all. I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. I've had I've cheated on girlfriends who thought I was the nicest thing and ever walked earth. I walked around mm-hmm. like I walk, I felt horrible. You know what I mean, Coach? So yeah, that's just the way you got to look at it. Uh, you're a man of tremendous moral integrity who, uh, on rare occasions, loses his morals. Can happen oh, to the best of us. Yeah, let's, 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 hold on one second, Coach. Hey, can you can you spare me a dime, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's paying off for me, Coach. All right, Mr. Moral Integrity, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got some college basketball to talk about. We'll preview a little bit our football Friday, the first weekend of playoffs in NFL football. Talk a little bull and hawk, too. Our phone lines are open. Sports fans, dial it up. The big dog, he's hot today, rolling. Give him a call, 888-463-6748. I'm just the host. It's Big Dog Show. For your calls on Two Guys and a Mic, call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Big dog, emailer, Baltimore Barbara. Yeah. Just sent in pictures. You might want to rethink your thought processes. Okay. Well, okay. Well, coach, uh, I definitely will have to reconsider, but. I don't think I'm going to do it, Coach. Unless she is one of the four Powerball winners, I'm going to have to say no. Yes, she might be before it's over. You never know. Uh, <laughs> by the way, did you hear about the short fortune teller who escaped from prison? No, I heard that. I did not. What happened? Again, a short fortune teller who escaped from prison? Yes. They're calling her a small medium at large. Thank you very much. Did you hear about the guy who got too big for his britches? Uh, I did not, Coach. Yeah, if it happens, everybody gets exposed in the end. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog and the Coach, at your service tomorrow, though. There's not many of these left, so we have to savor each and every one. we got a football Friday tomorrow, NFL playoffs. You getting no, excited? Okay, go ahead, Coach. Sorry. I say you getting excited, even though your Bears aren't playing? You know, are you kidding me? NFL, you know, Coach, you know I love college football more than NFL, and I love the NFL. NFL playoff games, that's as good as it gets. Seriously, that I, I absolutely love NFL playoff games. And I don't know what my final record was on Beat the Schmoes. I don't know why I did well, not final yet, but not, yeah, not you your know final. this. I always do awesome in the playoffs. I dominate the playoffs, Coach. That's that's the only thing I do well at is uh, picking playoff games in the mm-hmm. NFL. So uh, I, I will continue to dominate this year. I, have, I haven't I have figured out the games yet. There's four this weekend. Yep. 
I will get. I will go at least three and one this weekend, Coach. Okay. All right. Beat the Schmoes. Normally we pick three games, but we we can extend the rules. We can uh, shivvy with the rules just a little bit. We'll pay all four games tomorrow if you want to, or heck yeah, yeah, or you can pick three out of four. But leave well, it up. Leave it up well, to the listeners. Okay, well, yeah, it'll be up to the listeners. It's actually easier for the listeners if we go four instead of three, you realize it. Well, we want to keep things easy, so let's go four. Okay, good. Although, you know, there are people sometimes like myself where there's one game you want to stay away from. So in some cases, even though it's cleaner to pick all four, you know, you pick three, you leave that one game you're not sure about out. It's it's a little bit cleaner if I could use that term. So maybe we'll maybe we'll leave the options open. Okay. Okay. Okay, but should be pretty good uh Pretty good football. Let me ask you, as a Chicago Bear fan, is there any teams you're rooting for or teams yeah. rooting against? Who'd you like the Bears to play? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I am rooting for the Green Bay Packers to wow. get it done against the Philadelphia wow. Eagles. And then I'm rooting for the Seattle Seahawks to pull another horseshoe out of their collective butt. So the Seattle Seahawks have to come back to Chicago. So all of a sudden, you know, because everybody's going to be patting the Bears on the back. I want them. It's a, the Bears don't play well and everybody pats them on the back. But at least it's a revenge game. Do you know what I'm saying? So if they're going to be favored, everybody's talking about, oh, they're going to win because Seattle doesn't belong there. Normally those are the type of teams that will beat the Bears. Yep. But since they've already beaten the Bears this year, they'll be flying around and getting it done. I want the Seahawks at Soldier Field um, about eight or nine days from now, whatever it might be. So, yes, Coach, that's exactly what I'm rooting for. Uh, otherwise, you're talking about the, the Bears are going to be playing either the, the Eagles or they're going to be playing the, the Saints. And uh, either or, I don't like those matchups anywhere near as much as I like the Seattle Seahawks. So let me let me just play the, the Bears to, to have the easiest road. Let me just play the devilish advocate for just a second, if I could. If Seattle wins, they're going to be coming into Soldier Field with absolutely no pressure I on agree. an unbelievable high, trying to prove everybody. Wrong that was laughing at him, including the experts, uh, some of them anyways, on ESPN. And the Bears, the possibility of feeling the pressure, maybe trying too hard. Were you worried? Again, I'm playing the devilish advocate here. You worried maybe psychologically advantage Seattle? Uh, no, Coach, because uh, I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Because if my other options are Philadelphia coming to Chicago trying to prove that uh, mm -hmm. they shouldn't have lost to the Bears in Week 11, or if it's the New Orleans Saints who all of a sudden the last couple of weeks are so I know they lost to Tampa Bay the last week of the season. Okay. But prior to that, New Orleans is starting to look like the New Orleans of last year. No, I give me the Seahawks and give me them them coming in on a roll and playing pressure free and all that other stuff, mm -hmm. honestly. And if it's between the Saints or the Eagles, I want the Bears to play the Saints. Because they'll be underdogs. I, honestly, Coach, I do not want the Bears playing. The, the Eagles are the last team out of all of them I want them to play right now. Okay. Okay. And if the Bears beat the Packers down the road, if, it's a big if, but if they did, actually losing that last game could work to the Chicago Bear advantage because you know the old story, and I, and I think there's something to it, where well, it's very tough to beat a team three times in a season. So maybe, maybe that last regular season game loss, Big Dog, could come back to help the Bear. You know, Seth Gruen brought that up again, and, and I, I don't have the Seth who? App, but, uh, Seth Gruen. Not familiar uh, with Football him. Weekly, Seth Gruen. Oh, uh, co-host on the show? Yeah. Never heard uh, of it. I'm going to have to actually look this up. But I remember seeing something a few years back where that was totally and 100% debunked. Okay. Like it's happened like 10 times in the history of the NFL, and like the, the team that won the previous two were like 9-1. and one. Seriously, Coach. It, 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 you think that it won't happen, but 
Typically, I, I'm going to have to look at the, that particular stat up, Coach. And uh, I, I won't leave that on Dave Olson. He has a family to take care of. I'll spend the two or three hours it'll take care, it'll take me to find that information later. All right, beautiful, beautiful. NFL football, we'll do a little beat the schmoes on uh, a football Friday tomorrow. Big Dog already guaranteeing a lock of at least three out of four, more yeah. likely all four. His uh, record in playoff games over the years, extremely, extremely good. So make sure you tune in 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't forget our shows can be archived anytime, Big Dog. People are sitting there... Uh, you know, you wake up early in the morning, you're lonely late at night. You can go to thetalkzone.com, punch up the two guys in a mic um, icon, or in my case, it's the icon, and you can you can catch the show any time, 24-7. It's scary, but your voice can be heard at literally the push of a button. Yeah, that's that, that, that poor Nobel Peace Print winning guy in China has to listen to our show 24 times a day. Yep. Part of his, part of, I think the word you used was torture. I prefer to call it community service. I didn't think we were that bad, but if you want to call it torture, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah. it is, uh, opening playoff game for the Bears. They're going to have Lovey Smith bobblehead now day, which is very exciting. And he's so boring, apparently. Apparently, it's the first bobblehead doll since the Tom Landry bobblehead doll where the head does not bobble. Wow. It just stands there stiff. Wow. By the way, the the Bears will bring in uh, over $18 million in ticket revenue on, for their playoff game. Tickets sold out, I believe I heard, in all of six minutes. Yes, well, that, there was only, what, uh, how many, what, there was, at the mo- there was, there's, what, 65,000 seats. Yep. 90% of the seats are season ticket holders, and obviously if you're a season ticket holder, you're more than willing to buy the playoff ticket. 8% went to Rahm Emanuel. Oh, I, please don't tell me you like that guy. I know you like Barack Obama, coach. No. I cannot stand. I, I, I already told you my the, philosophy on mayor of Chicago is ABR. Anyone but Rom. You, you know, coach. I do appreciate that because uh, you, you, you know I, I'm open minded. I don't care what you. Are, I don't care what religion you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what sex you are. What what what? Uh, you know, I'll be friends with anybody. And I, I really appreciate the fact because I got in an argument with somebody over Rahm Emanuel, and he accused me of being an anti-Semite. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? You know, so uh, it, was, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe I got in an argument with this guy. Yeah. It was like two days ago. It was like, you don't like Ron because he's Jewish. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, I still I remember mean, what, the... With the blinders some people live their life with. <laughs> so uh, the fact that you're a, you're a Democrat who loves Barack Obama, which, uh, which yep. uh, that's another thing I don't even want to get started with you right now, but the fact that you do not like Rahm Emanuel as a fellow uh, man of the, uh, the Jewish faith, <laughs> coach, that, that, that's the reason why I love you. Because you could absolutely have scorn for somebody that should be everything that you like. So, Coach, I do appreciate that. Thank you and, very and much. And plus, if anybody hurts your potty mouth off air, it's worse than a manual. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I'm still trying to figure out who the mayor is that I want. It's certainly not Carol oh Mosley Braun. For those listening outside the Chicago area, we are going to get a new mayor in February. We just haven't figured out one that actually would be good. Yes, David? I kind of like uh, Gary Chico. Chico is a potential. I need to find out more about him. Heard an interview you know, with him this morning, and it, it was like everything he said really kind of made sense. Yeah, I, I, I just want to tell this, tell you straight up right now, and this is no lie. So about five months ago, I'm outside the Diageo building, and I, I'm changing my pants, and I legitimately took my pants off and put on sweatpants because I had to ride my bike home, and I was in a suit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the guy didn't see me do it, but he was on the phone, and uh, I started talking to the guy, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Jerry Chico." And I was like, hey, I'll work for your campaign. I'll get signatures. Yeah, give me a call, blah, blah. He never called me back. So I'm a little upset. But I want to tell you, though, at that minute, he really impressed me. 
He, it was like he had me. He charmed. He, he charmed the pants off of me, coach. It does hurt me to say. <laughs> Literally, the guy was right next to me. Didn't even know I changed my pants right there out in front of Diageo. And, and he was willing to talk to uh, a, a member of the, you know, John Q. Public, a member of the general mm-hmm. general public out there. That shows yeah. something about the guy. I don't know if Dave, if you were the one who told me, or somebody said that you know Rahm Emanuel made this big speech about you know we need you know to do this in the city of Chicago. We need to do this and we need to do that. And Jerry Chico uh, came out with a press conference right after that and said, hey, I've done all that. Hey, look at my experience in the city of Chicago. I've done this. I've done that. You don't need to elect Rahm Emanuel. I've already served on these boards. I've had that experience. So it was a good touche by one Jerry MacArthur Chico. Well, Coach, I guess uh, let me look more into Jerry Chico because I was a little upset they never returned my call because I really needed the job. I still do, by the way. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, you know, as of now, Still, from the, that sounds like a winner to me, to be honest with you. <laughs> is, is it Gary or Jerry? No, it's G E R R Y. Yeah, that's Jerry. Okay, so, not G E R I like Jerry Ryan. Because he's a Latino descent, so if he spelled it like you would spell Jerry, everybody else would pronounce it Harry. Oh, that's a. <laughs> It's a cheap shot at the Latinos, by the way. I wasn't a cheap well, shot. You, that's you call it Latino descent. They, you call it they... Latino descent. Right there, it's descending. I would call it Latino ascent. Okay, I cannot believe you just said that because <laughs> I said that same joke to somebody yesterday. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're starting so, to think a lot, Big Dog. Yeah, because I, like, uh, cause they're like, oh, I went to Ascension High School. You know, and then I'm yeah. like, well, if, so if you're a devil worshiper, <laughs> would you go to Ascension High School? And then I, then I brought up, so. If you're a descent, does that mean it's bad? You know, so that was, I can't believe you just said that. Coach. I like that. Sister Mary, Dissension High School. We're starting to think alike, big guy. Three days. This is only our third show together. By the end of the year, uh, the two of us, we could be uh, tied together in holy matrimony the way this year is going. Who knows? By, by the end of the year, you're going to want no taxes and everybody owning a gun. <laughs> Hey, by the way, it's up on the screen right now, a game I want to talk about. Real quick transition, if we could, to college basketball. First of all, uh, one game we have to talk about locally, Illinois and Northwestern. I know you're excited about watching that game. 8 o'clock. Oh, no, not at all, Coach. Not at all. 8 o'clock, ESPN2. My cat's against your Illini. Is, uh, is it 8 p.m. Eastern or Central time? Just making sure, because I do not want to miss this game. Central. Central, okay. Definitely a good ball game. And without question, this is – I know Northwestern's gone into Illinois and actually won before, but never has there before a game been – such a, you know, uh, factor of yeah, they can win this game in Illinois more than uh, this one right now, coach. Best Northwestern team of my entire life. Yeah, they are. They're legit, no question about it. They're zero and two now. If they lose tonight, which they probably will, it'll be a tough environment. They could go zero and three in the Big Ten. But uh, I would agree yeah. with you. Most talent we've seen the Wildcats have. Uh, a lot of talent, and uh, they're zero and two. And the fact that John Sherna is playing on one foot right now does not help the Wildcats no. at all. Nope. Nope. I was at the game against Michigan State, and Johnny Sherna had a bad game. Everybody was saying it's due to injury. Uh, to me, it was a threefold thing. It was part a little bit injured. Part of it was Michigan State's athletic defense, which John Sherna was not used to seeing when they played, what, Fairfield and New Albany State and teams like that. And three, he just had an off game. I think you combine all those three. The injury might be uh, overrated a little bit. But if he's if he's hitting his shots, Northwestern's got a chance. The other game, though, and that's a good one. The other game, very underrated matchup. One of the better rivalries in college basketball, dog. Xavier versus Cincinnati tonight. 
ESPN. I believe it's on at 6 o'clock. Oh, absolutely. That is without a doubt one of the better underrated matchups in all of college basketball, Coach. Uh, very close to each other in terms of geographics and uh, very, very, very good perennial program. So, um, Cincinnati be... undefeated? Uh, they, I think they have lost, Coach. I'm not. I, I want to say they might be uh, the last of the unbeaten. They're only ranked number 25 now since he's dropped off the map for a couple of years. But I think they might be undefeated. Most one loss in Xavier, Big Dog. Always, always good team. Well coached. Yeah, yeah. Year in, year out. Uh, and uh, Xavier is like the Miami, Ohio uh, of college football. It's mm-hmm. a great of coaches. If you want to get a big coaching job, coach yep. at Xavier. Yep. That, that started back with uh, the dearly departed Skip Prosser. Even before that, it started with Pete Gillen. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. Yeah, Sean yeah. Miller, I think the young coach who took over, he went the way of Arizona. Yeah. Thad, Thad Mata, who continues. I don't know what Thad Mata does to recruit players, Big Dog. And, and one guy that I still have not played, or seen rather, talking college basketball here. We got any hoop fans? We got a few minutes left in the show. Feel free to dial it up, 888-463-6748. I've watched a bunch of the Big Ten teams play. Some national teams, I haven't seen Ohio State, need to watch Jared Sullinger. Apparently he's the real deal. Have you seen him play? Oh, goodness, Coach. He's awesome. Uh, legitimately, I heard all this talk about him. Oh, he's the best freshman in the country. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, you know what he does, coaches. He has a uh, what you like. He's got the feel for the game. He always tends to have his body in between the ball and the defender. You know what I mean? He just seems to always move in the right spot. And who's ever trying to get him the ball, whether it be John Diebler or William Buford, they they can just lob it into the guy, no problem. I mean, and he gets open every single time he goes down the court. And then it seems like when he catches it. He catches it in a position where he just lays the ball in. See, like, uh, is he a low post back to the basket player? Oh, absolutely, Coach. Okay. And uh, extremely athletic defensively, going around blocking shots, getting rebounds. Uh, he's a one and done. Oh, yes. A one and done. Yeah. I, I mean, and if he isn't, I'll be uh, extremely surprised if uh, he doesn't leave Ohio State after this year. What happened to their other low block player, the aptly named Priest Lauderdale, the great black stiff? Uh, coach, by the way, he was the only big guy that they had last year. And I was, you're making fun of him. They had four guards in Priest Lauderdale, and he had to do all the cleanup work. Well, now he's playing just as many minutes, and he's playing absolutely phenomenal. Okay. So. Last year, I think they nicknamed him Fort because he moved about as much as a Fort. Priest Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, this, I mean, that might be true. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I wasn't as hard on him as you were. I think he's pretty yeah. good. So, yeah, Ohio State team is fun to watch. So there, and I don't know how Thad Mata does it, Big Dog. John Calipari, you can see, is a recruiter. He looks like you know your snake oil salesman, but Thad Mata, he looks like he should be uh, out rounding up cattle at a farm somewhere in Southern Illinois. But he continues year after year to get the best of the best of high school recruits. How does he do it? And please. Keep it above board. Yeah, I, I will. I certainly hope so, Coach. Uh, you would think he'd have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think uh, coaches at Ohio State have to do be the ones that hand out the money. I think the boosters do that for them. I don't know. There's got to be something going on, but well, there doesn't have to be. Maybe he's just a, a a naturally great recruiter, but he's done it over and over again now for I don't know how many years he's been there. Five, six years. Uh, I, I, he's been there one last year. Then uh, Weber's at Illinois, so okay. 
So he got there the 05, 04, 05 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this right, would be six, uh, seven years. Yeah, yeah. I'm still old enough to remember as a huge high school basketball fan. I still remember watching Thad Mata play in the IHSA State Basketball Tournament. If I could are age you myself, kidding me? that's how old you are. Thank you very much. Yeah. Right. Wow. Now he's from Hoopston, Illinois, isn't that right? I believe that is correct. Hoopston. If you're into basketball, it's Hoopston. The actual pronunciation of the town is Hoopston. Right okay. near uh, Danville, Illinois, and it's mm-hmm. uh, directly adjacent to one of the great small towns in this fine country where my great-grandmother grew up, Rossville, Illinois, no, a town no, of like you're... 20. We used to call my great-grandma, and back then they was, they had like an operator in the town. That's how old it was. So not actual home phone. And we'd ask her, like, uh, is uh, Mabel Landfield there? And the town's uh-huh. operator would go, oh, Mabel? No, no, she's out. She's at the grocery store. That's how small that town was. Go ahead. If you remember when they were, uh, it was like when Eleanor hired Bruce Weber, everybody's like, oh, hire Tom Crean. And we were like, you know, Thad Mata wouldn't be a bad guy at Illinois. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Where, well, where was he at? Butler at the time? Um, that, no, he was oh, at Xavier. Xavier. Yeah, was yeah at Xavier. he went from Butler to Xavier. Uh-huh. All right. Well, he's at Ohio State now. That's probably where he's going to stay. Dog, we got about a minute left. Don't forget football Friday tomorrow. You're out about in the city of Chicago. Uh, a, any final thoughts? And B, if uh, Baltimore Barber or any of our email from female fans out there want to find you, where might they track you down today? Okay, well, today I'm right now outside of uh, a studio here in the in West Loop, and I'm about to try out for a Luna commercial, Coach. God bless Believe you. Believe it or not, Luna. Okay. And please, everybody, Coach, you're gonna. I'm going to put the link up on my Facebook page. Please put it up on our other pages. I just tried out to be the host of ClickVision.tv, and uh, whoever gets the most votes, it's a paying job, folks. So if I owe you money out there, please put the link up on the <laughs> Facebook page. You have much better chance of actually getting paid back by me. So, that's, that's the best publicity source you got. By the way, Luna's spelled backwards. For all the married folks out there, it's a no. Have a great day, dog. We'll talk to you on a football Friday. Sounds good, Coach. All right. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic signing off. Have a great day tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.